Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast, sponsored by Adoption at Heart. It's been a pretty quiet week, hasn't it? International week. They seem to come round a little too often for my liking at the moment, but no Albion. A couple of England games, not a great deal. Well, not a great deal to talk about, but I have got a big long list in front of me that I've been preparing this morning. As Joe knows, I like to prepare for my podcast. Um, and as always, I'm joined by my colleague and good friend, Joe Massey. Joe, how was your international break, pal? You were you were off seeing some animals at the weekend, I believe. Are you well? I was, mate. I went to Westminster Safari Park with my kids. We had a wonderful time. Thank you. I absolutely love that place. I think it's absolutely brilliant. But I've got to take... I can't believe you just said that. You, the international breaks come around too often for you. Well, you haven't had one for three, four months. Yeah, but still too often. They, oh, I mate. just don't like the friendly ones. I know you've got to have them. The qualifier ones are all right. Like, but at the, to be fair, at the start of the season, they seem to be like every other week. There are a lot early doors. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love England, and I love. I mean, but even I've been like. I mean, I watch England games twice often, but I can't this time around. Even like, I, like I, I'm a bit. I've watched them, but. Oh, it's just a bit, there is a bit flat this time around. I mean, you know that the, the games are irrelevant, really, because anyone who's going to the World Cup is going to be picked based on next season. So yeah. it is a bit, yeah, it has been, um, it's been a bit of a flat one, hasn't it? A flat 10 days or so, but still for plenty else to talk about, mate. We always find a way, don't we? We always find a way, yeah. I was. Your, did you prefer your sort of jaunt looking at sort of wild animals than, than watching Albion disappoint? Um, well, I'd, uh, it depends what Albion you get, doesn't it? If, <laughs> if it's Albion against Fulham, then no. But if it's Albion against um, who did we draw, draw with? Bristol City. Bristol City. City can't even remember. <laughs> can't even remember. <laughs> it was that bad. Um, but yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm glad you're fit and well. You're back. You're over COVID, aren't you? Fighting fit, mate. Fighting fit. I've been out since Wednesday. First thing I did was go and play golf. Beautiful. Got out and and, uh, and yeah, so I'm fighting fit. Although I'm not at Birmingham this weekend. So I've got a prior engagement, so I won't be there, unfortunately. Oh, three um, points coming Albion's way. Well, but I'm at Wolves Villa on Saturday, so it's probably three points to Villa. <laughs> something will happen in that game. There'll be a mass brawl. They'll both get a points deduction. Probably something like that. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, I was actually talking with the editor of the of the Express and Sound Shop to start this morning about how awful my record is. I think oh, it's really? I think it's three and thirty-one now. <laughs> It's terrible, been sacked a long time ago. I can't oh. believe you passed your probation, mate. I know it's mad, isn't it? I, yeah. I thought oh, it was going to be crazy. Thought they were going to give me the dreaded vote of confidence and sack me three days later. But uh, didn't surprise me. Never mind. Never mind. But yeah, it won't be a blues this Saturday. But plenty, as we said, plenty to to talk about. Just well, not away from Albion, but other things. Um, we had some busy going ons behind the scene at Albion Poddy HQ, I, aka the spare room at my in laws' house. Um, as Joe knows, we've been sort of trying to prepare to get guests on the podcast in the summer um, to bring you some new content in pre... Well, not in pre-season, in the, in the close season, so you're not listening to me and Joe ramble every week about stuff. Um, and we've got quite a few, haven't we, Joe? A few confirmed. Um, we're recording with one. I think it's next Friday. Not going to let the cat out of the bag just yet, but I know this first one, Joe's one you're, you're pretty excited about. Well, we could give a clue in the sense that... Go on, then, give it, a clue. Well, it's a player that I absolutely adored... Um, it's fair to say that he was split opinion, but I was very much on the adored side. I think people might get it from that, but we won't say any more than that. But um, which is exciting, yeah. Uh, very, very good first. Well, an excellent first guest, no doubt about it. You've done an absolutely amazing job. The guests we've got are. We said last week, didn't we? There's one we're waiting on that would be unbelievable. Yeah, but to be fair, they're that. all unbelievable. The ones we've got, so. Um, yeah, I'm excited, mate. I'm very, very excited for the summer and the 
the guests you've managed to it's all you mate i gotta say that as well like it's not i've really done a thing so you deserve huge credit been like it. a dog with a bone pestering old albion players and managers they're probably gonna have my name's gonna be mud amongst you the know how to make yourself really. a nuisance mate it's oh, fair definitely. to say definitely <laughs> Yeah, but hopefully we'll bring you more. Hopefully, what we're looking to do is do one every week uh, across the summer um, and the close season. And then when we get back into the season, if we've got, you know, if if four players and managers aren't annoyed at me, pestering them, and we've got a really long list, um, then hopefully we're going to drop like a bonus episode in once a month or once every couple of months um, throughout the season. So uh, watch this space. First one recording next week. First one will probably be released after the Albion's last game of the season, which we all know is probably going to be Barnsley and a miracle um, so it'll be sort of early to, to middle of May so watch out for those um, and yeah as we said a lot to even though it hasn't been a game quite a little quite a bit to talk about really um, so let's let's tackle some baggies topics shall we Joe um, we've got we've got news we've got a few sort of talking points uh, first off Joe I think it was I think it was last week sometime wasn't it Sam Johnson was initially left out of the England squad um, for these two friendlies that we've seen one last night and one against Switzerland on Saturday um, but then was called up and then swiftly withdrew from the squad, Joe, with, with illness, we believe. What, do we know much more? Do we know if he's going to be sort of back for back for Birmingham? You would have thought so if it was just a, a minor illness? You would have thought so. Um, we don't know, um, is, is the honest truth. We're not seeing Steve Bruce until Friday this week. Um, so we last saw him at Bristol City. So it's been, it will, will have been two weeks, really, um, since we did speak to him last. So, yeah, a lot. Obviously, a lot can happen in two weeks, and a lot, a lot of a few people have asked injury questions. Obviously, everyone wants to know the latest on Dara DK, Sam Johnston, another one. Those are all things that can have to wait until Friday, I'm afraid. But yeah, Sam Johnston, yeah, disappointing for him because you, I'm sure he would have liked that opportunity to meet up with the England squad, but it wasn't to be in the end. Hello. Hello, I'm still here. Don't oh, worry. sorry, I thought you got. Sorry, I'm still here. I'm just reading through my script. Oh right. Um, there we go. Latest on on Johnson. Johnston. Hopefully, we'll we'll see him again at, at Birmingham on, on Saturday. Uh, second up, um, our uh, our our rival pod Joe released uh, a decent pod, didn't they? The other day, the Dar O'Shea was on there. Lord is my shepherd. I got a lot of time for that name. To be fair, I've got to take hats it's off. A good I know. Name. I know. I know you and uh, you and uh, AJ Andy Johnson have struck up a fierce rivalry, but we have to take our hats off to for that name. Um, but Dar O'Shea was on it, um, and he spoke quite in depth, didn't he, about about certain topics and. You know, it's obviously turned into a piece that that you wrote in the Express and Star last week. Um, interesting chat about Branislav Ivanovic and 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 the sort of the contribution he's made to O'Shea really and the influence he's had over him. A lot of people sort of question Ivanovic's you know what he did in that season for Albion, but if he hadn't, didn't do anything else, he certainly helped one of Albion's blossoming youngsters by the sound of things. Yeah, and it's nice really because obviously we have got this rivalry. We did have a rivalry with that pod, but thankfully the absolute graft you've put in and getting all these guests in the summer basically means we've left them long behind. So <laughs> it means we could be nice about them Ooh. and actually give them a little plug. You got that little dig in there, didn't you? Got that little the, dig in there. Well and truly got their silver medal, I think. But um, yeah, I have to say it's a really good pod. Um, anyone who hasn't listened to it should listen to it. It's on WBA Plus, which basically means first week. It's like for to subs- people who've got a subscription only. Then after that first week, it goes free. Um, and yeah, it was the Dara Show one was really really interesting. They sort of they, they, it's good the way they do it. They try and take you through sort of a like a match day if you like um, with the players rather than just asking them sort of normal questions. They say, oh, where would who would be your ideal teammate? Who would you want to get changed next to? Who would you want to manage you? Where would you like to play? Sort of thing. Um, 
And yeah, I think the question to Dar Rocher was, who is who, who would you want next to you in the dressing room? Or something along those lines. Who's, who's the ideal person to get changed next to? And he, and he said Branislav Ivanovic, um, which was a really, really interesting answer. And he went into basically loads of detail um, on just what a massive addition Ivanovic was um, to Albion's dressing room. And it was interesting, really, um, because... Look, I think we even based on what Dar Rocher had said, I think overall we have to say Ivanovic's time at Albion wasn't was a disappointment. And I think if you were winding back the clock, you probably wouldn't bring him in rather than would bring him in, just based on the weekly salary he probably had and the amount of games he played. But that said, what is clear is he did have a massive impact off the field. Um Everyone knows his CV, absolutely glittering CV, Champions League winner, multiple Premier League winner, did it all in the game at Chelsea. And you can tell that everyone really looked up to him. And I think what was really telling was how professional he was and how much he cared about the players around him, particularly someone like Dara Roche uh, in his position. And Dara clearly felt that Ivanovic was a bit of a mentor to him, really, and he and he had, he had his ear. He could have a chat with him. He would talk to him about his game, little things that could improve. Um, and yeah, the way it was, it was really sort of refreshing to hear the way O'Shea spoke about him was. It's, it's sort of like you don't really get players talking like that, and it was it was really good to hear. And it sort of made you realise that actually Ivanovic had quite a big impact um, in in his twelve months at the Hawthorns. It was only twelve months. Albin would have probably would have liked to see more of him on the pitch. I think it's fair to say his legs were gone really um, by the time he joined us. But even what, even though he didn't have the impact he wanted on the pitch, he certainly had a big impact off it, and has had, still having that impact really because it seems like Dar Rocher sort of really improved just by working alongside him for that year. Yeah, very sort of kind words from O'Shea on uh, on Ivanovic. Speaking of kind words. Um, Steve Bruce has been very complimentary in the last week or so, or a piece that you've done in the last week or so, Joe, about Taylor Gardner-Hickman. Now, he's been a, he's fast become an Albion fan's favourite. I know he had a f- couple of good performances, starting with Hull, um, which Bruce was sort of playing down a little bit, whether he was trying to sort of take, not put too much on the young the young man's shoulders. But he's been very complimentary about him. You know, he's had his England 20, under-20s call-up played last night. Uh, I think they played at Colchester. Uh, a Colchester's ground, sorry, and yeah, Bruce is sort of acknowledging the the importance that Garden Hickman's playing lately for Albion, which is is merited his England call up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a, what a month really it's been for him. It's absolutely incredible to think that. I mean, there was that massive clamour for him to play before he got in the team. Came back in the team at Harley was fantastic that day. He's growing into the central midfield. It's inter- It's going to be really interesting to see him develop because. There was definitely a feeling within the club, maybe not Steve Bruce exactly, but this is throughout the season, like even in Ishmael's time, that there was a feeling that he was a right-sided player um, and that he would eventually end up either at wing-back if you play in a back three or, or sort of as a right-sided winger, if you like, forward. Um, and that has, that has been the case for quite a while, is my understanding. But there's no doubt about it, that, that Taylor Gunn-Hickman has changed the mind um, of people at the club and he's very much now seen as a central midfielder and someone who is... He's going to continue in that role. He's, he's learning in that role. There's still, I think there's still an issue of his positioning. I think that there's so many positive. Look, at the end of the day, he's 20, 21 years old, 20 years old. He is. He's not going to be the. He's not going to be the complete player at 20 years old. Um, 
But so much, he brings so much. He's got so much energy. He's so good on the ball. He's, his passing is excellent. Um, he's a really good passer of the ball. He's, he, he can carry the ball. He's got a wicked shot from distance, which I think it's not going to be long until we start seeing that. He, um, he went close against Fulham, I think. Or it might have been, it might have been um, Huddersfield from the edge of the box. But that's definitely in his locker, this sort of fierce strike from 18, 20 yards. I think, I think one of those goals is coming for him. Um, so much air. He's going to have to improve his position slightly. That seems to be sort of the general feeling um, around him at the minute, but that's completely understandable. He's 20 years old and he is effectively playing in a new position, but I think it's very, very, very exciting. I mean, fantastic for him to play for England under 20s the other night. Um, I think he, he, I don't actually know, but he had a number two on his shirt, so I think he might have been on the right um, that night. But yeah, I mean, what what an amazing month six weeks that lad has had and all of a sudden his future just looks so so bright um at Albion it really really does um and it sort of leads that I guess this is on your list I'd imagine I don't know if it's next or not but it sort of leads me into Jason Malumbi um because as we all know Jason Malumbi is well it's my understanding anyway that Jason Malumbi has triggered um uh a, uh, an appearance-based clause in his in his Albion deal, which has made the move permanent. Nine hundred thousand um, pounds is believed to be the fee, certainly in that region. Um, and yeah, I think it's an interesting one because I was I was really interested to see what the reaction was to that story. I pull it out and I thought, how is this going to go down? I, I didn't yeah. know if it was going to be sort of um, yeah, I didn't know how it was going to go down. To be honest, I thought there might be a bit, a bit of. Um, I, don't, I didn't know if he was going to get the best response from it. But I was, I was really pleasantly surprised. Actually, I think probably seventy percent, seventy-five percent were of the of the sort of mindset that this is a good deal, especially at nine hundred thousand pounds, which is an absolute bargain. Um, and speaking to people, sort of coaches and stuff, what a lot of people feel that there's there's a real player there in Malumbi. For me, he has to improve technically. He has to improve on the ball. Um, but that that but the, people really believe in two or three years' time, Jason Malumbi is going to be a really really good player, um, and I think that's absolutely possible. The thing you, I would say about Malumbi is everything that you can't teach. He's got, he's got the energy. He's got the drive. He's got the attitude. He works his absolute socks off. He does need to improve on the ball for me, but he will improve on the ball. Um, that is what that is what I'll be working on day in day out, and I think for nine hundred thousand pounds, it's a steal. And I think it's weird how players are sort of viewed, in the sense that Taylor Gardner Hickman is very much seen as a youth player, really, a youth player who's just got into the first team. Malumbi doesn't have no one gives him sort of that young young status, yeah. really. He's seen as like I mean, he's played at the end of the day, he's played sixty championship games, and he's got twelve caps for the Republic of Ireland, so. Maybe that's one reason why, but he is 22, um, which is, I mean, it's still a young, it's still a young lad. And I think, look, you, with football these days, if you're not, you've got to be breaking into a team when you're sort of 19, 20, I think, 18, 19, 20. If, if you get into that stage and you're not breaking in, then I think at a club like West Brom, you're going to end up lower down the pyramid, if I'm honest. Like you've, at that age, well, Malumbi has broken in. He has got a lot of games under his belt for 22, and I think it's, I think you got to you got to give these people time, and I think there's a chance that when he's 25, Jason Malumbi is going to be a very good player. 
Um, so I think it's worth for nine hundred thousand pounds. I definitely think it's worth a gamble. I don't think it's I don't think it's that amount, a, a large amount of money. Um, are we going to need central midfield this next season and potentially maybe covering central midfield, which Molumbi might be next season? But yeah, I think it's a decent. I think it's a decent deal. But I think yeah, I think in terms of the club, they both see Molumbi and Gardner Hickman as prospects, exciting prospects. And I think that's important to sort of us recognised really because I don't think Malumbi gets that status outside the club. He's just he's twenty two and he's expected to be the finished article, which he just isn't going to be. Um, so I think potentially there, Albion have got two two very exciting central midfielders for could potentially be for many years to come. Yeah, it's interesting on on Garden Hip. Can you see Albion maybe? building a team around him next season Joe it, I know he's young and we, I've been seeing him as a prospect but is he someone who is who will be one of the first you know whether it's Steve Bruce whether it's someone else we don't know will he be one of the first names on that team sheet when they sit down and go right you know we all know that Albion are going to go into the free agent market which we'll come on to later is it about building around certain players that will potentially remain i.e. Gardner Hickman like you would like to think Gardner Hickman will be one of the main names involved next season. Can you see that ha- potentially happening, or or is he still more of a prospect? That's a good question. I honestly don't know the answer to that. I think how many games will he play this season? If he's probably going to play every game right. between now and the end of the season, you'd imagine. Or he's certainly going to get yeah. a heavily amount of minutes. But will that mean that he's going to get? Odd, was it? Probably? That'll get him to sort of fifteen by the end 15, of the season. Fifteen twenty, including substitute appearances. So probably. I think yeah, like 15. if you're looking at next season for sort of. To improve on that, aren't you? 25, 30 games. Yeah. He's played 15 now, but I mean, a lot of it, a few of them will be similar. He's made 10 starts this season. Um, we've got eight games left, so he could potentially end up with 18 starts. Um, yeah, building a team around is quite a big statement, isn't it? I think I, I think the I think the player next season we're building a team around is Daryl DK, to be honest. Yeah. Um, like he's the one that he's a goal scorer at the end of the day. Well, we hope he is, and. He's so sort of physically developed and he's got so many attributes. I mean, he's a £7 million player. And personally, I think £7 million was a snip for him. So I think he's the one you're building your team around. And then, but I think, but yeah, yeah, build, I think you can't really say you're going to build a team around a player who's only played 15 games. Yeah. Of which a lot of them are substitute appearances. So there's no need to put that pressure on him, really. Like, he's a young lad, he's 20. Let's watch him develop and let's hope he develops into the player that we all think he can be because he look I mean he's so talented that he's so talented we're all excited by him he is a fan favourite he has come through the academy um, but yeah I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a big player next season yeah we've covered the uh, the Malumbi topic just on a couple of other other points Matt Clark has uh, there's been a couple of pieces in the ENS Matt Clark's been speaking about Albion sort of demise and, and run um, this season. Some pretty honest words. He seems like a very good talker, Matt Clark. Um, basically just saying there's not only been harsh words from the manager, which have been deserved, but but there seem to have been some harsh words exchanged in the dressing room. Now, you know, we've t- we've spoke a lot on this podcast and Albion fans talk a lot about it on social media, about a lack of leadership and that leads you to maybe think that there aren't players that would stand up and say harsh things in the dressing room and and, and and call out some home truths. But according to what Clark's been saying, Joe, it seems that that has been the case and, and, and the players have certainly been exchanging some some strong words about about, you know, their sort of 
demise this season, which no one really saw coming. Yeah, yeah, I think they are. I think I was speaking to someone, um, an Albion fan, the other day about this. I'm just going to sort of shoehorn this into um, your Matt Clark point. Um, I think they are. I think I think Albion's players. Are sort of, the one thing Albion's players have to do is they have to have a better winning mentality, don't they? That's what we've criticised them for. We've, we've basically criticised them for being not strong enough mentally. Um, I think we used the word bottled, bottled quite a bit on the podcast last week. And we're talking about when the pressure's on, aren't we? It's all very well and good like, outplaying Fulham when no one expects you to win. But then you've got to back it up by going to a poor Bristol City side and getting three points there. And that's the pressure. That's when you have to perform. And that's what Albion haven't done um, on numerous occasions now. Um, it feels like we saw it a lot last year, made the point last week. Albion took points off Man United, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool last season. But they basically struggled against everyone else. So, <clears throat> but speaking to an Albion fan this week and he said to me, "What? Well, it's just a theory, but there's not many players who have ever been in this position before in terms of the scrutiny they are facing. So, it's my understanding of the situation that Sam Allardyce basically was just too for want of a better word, tough for this group of players. A lot of people couldn't handle his, what you would probably call now an old school approach, um, which was pretty brutal. I'll give you an example where Sam Allardyce said in press conferences multiple times in his entire career, he's never dropped a player. He says the data drops a player. You just look at the numbers, you can see on the performances. He basically said every player has dropped themselves. Um, and he... Sam would have no qualms of leaving a player out. And I'm not, I, I just don't, as much as he's had a great managerial career and stuff, I, I'm not sure how good he is at putting his arm around players and sort of, yeah, making them, if, if they're low on confidence, rebuilding that confidence, to be honest, in this day and age with these group of players. I think maybe when he was Bolton manager sort of way back when, um, or although like, it was maybe players were a bit different back then, they, they were a bit. Those players aren't around anymore as much as. Someone think, personally, myself, I'd I'd love to see them type of players around, but you know we don't know. There might be a couple of them in the Albion dressing room who probably thrive off a good rollicking, like for example, looking on the outside, maybe Livermore or someone like that. But there is more prevalent these days, aren't it? You, you've got to talk to players in certain ways that you maybe didn't have to. 20 yeah, I think, years and that's ago. not an Albion thing. That's like a football. That's a thing. that's a football like, thing. Yeah, I think players just don't respond to that anymore. Like and. Probably for probably for like the right reasons. Like you could probably argue that, like a lot of the way some managers would talk to players was like just bullying, like outright bullying, and you should never sort of get up in the faces of people and be screaming and and, and sort of like nose to nose. And that was football culture, really, and it, and it has changed. But yeah, I think like maybe that's why I think Sam and I struggled at Albion, to be honest, um, with some of the players and, how, and how, how they were. I don't think they responded to his methods. I, don't, I think they became worse, really, um, for some of his methods. And I think a lot of players haven't faced... A lot of players in Albion's squad haven't faced the scrutiny that they're now facing. They, they've not ever really been in a side that struggled, with the exception of the Premier League last season, but that was the first time they've ever had to face it. They've A lot of Albion's players... Have come from smaller clubs. Um, when you look at it, so 
And I'm not. I'm not saying the. I'm not necessarily saying these players. Have, I'm not saying these players are the ones that are struggling. But uh, if you look at it, like Darnell Furlong came from QPR. They are a smaller club than Albion. Shemi Ajayi came from Rotherham. They are a, sh- a smaller club. Alex Noah came from Barnsley. They are a smaller club. Um, if you go through it like that, Connor Townsend came from Scunthorpe, smaller club. I just wonder how much pressure and how much scrutiny these players are actually used to, and. Coming and at those clubs, Darnell Furlong was the best player at QPR. Shemi Ajayi was the best player at Rotherham. So they would never be sort of overly scrutinised. Alex Mower, everyone loved him at Barnsley. But you, you're not going to get the scrutiny at Barnsley that you're going to get at West Brom. You're not going to get... I don't know if you'll get the crowd... Well, the crowd just wouldn't have the same expectation on you. Like, Albion should have gone up this season. Like they, I said multiple times in this podcast, part of the course this season was fourth. And us being kind. Like, we're 12. Like, we're way off it. Like, we're way off par for the course. In terms of golf, in terms, we haven't made the cut. Like, we, we, haven't, we haven't got through the first two days. Like, it's been a dreadful season, really. We've still got time, like, in terms of a late run. I think the Blues game is literally the last chance for playoffs. Like, literally. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think we're finishing in the playoffs. Like, I think We've it's had like, some last chances in um, the season. But I think if... if, if <laughs> I mean... Matt Clark made a point in his interview that the points aren't as bad as the table. So it is seven points or whatever. Um, if Albion was seventh and it was seven points, people would still maybe have a belief because they're 12th and it's seven yeah. points. But I don't think it really makes any... Di- that really makes any... The, t- the table got, looks worse. You've still and, got to clamber back seven points whether you're 15th or yeah. seventh. But I think... I think it's a process. I think this season is going to be a real sort of... I'm hoping it's going to be sort of a real learning curve for a lot of these players and and, and toughen them up mentally. Um, and I think maybe these conversations that Matt Clark's talking about are going to be sort of part of the process, really. Um, but I think that is a very fair point, that, that these players... A lot of these players just will not have come under the scrutiny they faced over the last... 18 months and I don't think it really mattered in the Premier League because no one really gave us a prayer um, it's this season when the pressure's been on them and there's been a lot of expect- expectation on them um, like yeah like like Callum Robertson for example he Sheffield United are probably on par with Albion in terms of club size maybe is that fair? Sheffield United and Albion hmm, yeah I'd probably in terms of fan Base and crowds, you'd probably say Sheffield United was slightly bigger. Possibly. Oh, would you? I maybe. And then, well, they he, get twenty-five to thirty. But before that, he's been at Preston. Yeah. Um. So Preston, obviously, a smaller club. Carlin Grant at Huddersfield, Charlton, smaller clubs. Um. Yeah. I, I just think who else has played a lot for us this season? Sam Johnson, Aston Villa, smaller club. Well, no, Sam Johnson came through at Man United. <laughs> yeah, but Sam Johnson came through at Man United. So I think Man United, yeah. I think the ones you're looking maybe. at who maybe can deal with the expectation. Not, I'm not, cause I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't. Connor Townsend. Yeah, he came from Scunthorpe, didn't he? Yeah. But Bartley's been at Leeds. Um, Livermore's obviously been at Tottenham. Um, so they would probably have experienced pre- crowds and pressure. And scrutiny in the press in the, in a way that Albion have had it this season, you'd imagine. But for others, I do think it is a sort of a, a new kind of new experience for them. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, 
Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm, that's what I'm hoping anyway, that this is a sort of a, a, a growing season in the end. It proves to be sort of a growing season for a lot of them. And a lot of them do just find a bit more resilience, a bit more mental strength, a bit more of a winning mentality. Um, because they've all, a lot of the players have been at the, at the club for sort of a couple of years now. And let's be honest, the Slavon Bilic season was amazing, really, wasn't it? Like, until lockdown, they, they, were, they were a swashbuckle inside and they had... Pereira to lean on and a, a banging form Grady Dean Garner. So, but I think I think that's a fair point. I mean, it could be completely wrong. Could be absolutely nothing to do with it. But but I think it's an interesting observation uh, and one worth considering that a lot of these players haven't been in this position before, and maybe next season they will be a bit men- mentally stronger for what they've been through over the last twelve months. Yeah, you'd like to like to think so. Just a couple of other points before we get on to your questions, Baggies fans. Uh, Valerian Ishmael, back in management at Besiktas in Turkey. Uh, Joe, I know you you really liked Val. He, he, he was quite well liked among the press pack. Um, pleased that he's back in a, in a job, really, first and foremost. Yeah, very, very pleased. Um, very pleased for him. It's great for Albion, because from what the story put out today, we understand that... Um, he was effectively placed on gardening leave. Um, I think. I mean. I think anyone who thought Albion were going to pay him off for four years was living in cloud cuckoo land. There was always going to be break clauses in his contract. Um, it was just. It was just when those break clauses come into force. And I've got to be honest. I don't know when those break clauses come into force. It, I mean, I'd imagine it was the end of this season at, and at the end of every season. Um, but there's a chance the first one could have been at the end of next season. You don't know. I don't know how many break clauses there were and when they actually come into force. So, but it, what it seems is, what my understanding of the situation is that basically Ishmael was placed on gardening leave when he was sacked. So still getting his weekly, monthly salary. Um, but that ends as soon as he gets in new employment. So the fact he's been out of work for like four or five weeks um, and now he's manager of Besiktas means that, yeah, Albion have saved themselves a pretty packet, really. Um, so that's good news. Yeah, um, it, look, I don't, I've got to be honest, I don't know an awful lot about Turkish football. Um, I know next to nothing about Turkish football. Um, but it's a really interesting one. They're, what I know about Besiktas is they are part of Turkey's big three, um, alongside Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. They were, they were champions last season. Um, but they are currently eighth. Um, from what I gather... They have got quite a lot. They're quite. They don't. They've got a DNA which isn't like tick attacker. It isn't pass, pass, pass. It is aggressive. It is front footed. Val, um, Val style then. Sort really. of is a bit more Val suited from what I gather. Um, and yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how he gets on. It's going to. Um, I've always said I believe Val's got something. Always said that. Always I wrote when he left. I think his next club will be lucky to have him. I think the two questions about it are: Is he going to be a bit more flexible, and can will top level players continually, continuously accept playing that way? I think they're the question marks I've got. Um, you sort of hear that about Tony Pulis's teams in terms of like players. Normally, Pulis would go into a club like Albion when they were struggling, keep them up. So because his methods work, players are on board. And then you have a next a season again that's like better. 
so the players are on board, then you maybe go again. But then eventually players get sort of tired of that method. So when they think they're maybe better than they are, they can play a bit more than what he would allow. So it's going to be interesting. There are question marks over him, but big club. It's a great job for him. Um, Adam Murray's gone out there as well with him. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's a few, play- there's a few players that, that I've come across in my like time working in football that basically always check for their results every Saturday. Um, so Pashiktas will be on that list. <laughs> uh, I will be. Following. Who else is on that list? But out of curiosity, who else is on that list? Yeah, who else is on Joe? Oh, it's Massey's, quite a long list. Joe Massey's Saturday quarter to five list. It's quite a long list, mate. To be honest, you don't want to know them all. Give us, give us a couple. Uh, well, so obviously, oh, you don't want to know, do you? No, come on, let's come on. No, well, I always, uh, um, I always check Andy Cook, who is a striker for Bradford. Oh yeah, always check you're, him. You're a big fan of him, aren't you? Um, big fan of him. Always check Luke Leahy, who is now at Shrewsbury, so that makes it easier because I covered Shrewsbury. Oh. I would always, always check Walsall's results, but I would anyway for Liam Kinsella. Um, yeah, All, and always, always, always will check Dean Smith's result. Um, you like Smith, don't you? You're a big fan of Smith. Because I'm a big fan of Dean Smith, yeah. Um, also, you don't need to know anymore, do you? You must be bloody busy around well it's only you know, a quick scroll on scores. the Sky Sports app isn't it it's going to take uh... <laughs> going up and down the leagues you're going to throw in like an Irish third division in there or something aren't you no 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 now a Turkish Premier League now a Turkish or Turkish Super League um, Jack Fitzwater and, and Nicky Devlin by the way I always check their results mm. Nicky Devlin people won't sorry Jack Fitzwater's at Livingston but he's with, he's there with Nicky Devlin um, who I know from also always check their results there's two more um, you're a good lad aren't you keeping an eye on all these on the good Those ones, yeah. favourites. <laughs> Do you laugh at the bad ones? No, 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 I don't. No. no. <laughs> uh, just finally on the Val to Besiktas, um, Albion fans of the scene, you, you, you see all the rumour websites. Uh, one Daryl DK has been linked with Besiktas just days after Big Val took over at the Turkish club. Um, people talking about loan figures and fees. It's got to be a load of old cobblers, hasn't it, Joe, given DK's played the best part of an hour for Albion so, since I mean, he joined this is a difficult one position because well it's not difficult but like in terms of like I'm not allowed to like I can't write about this in the Express and Star because I'm not allowed to write about absolute rubbish so like I'm struggling for a story yeah. to, for, to be honest tomorrow but I can't write Daryl DK's not going to Besiktas because he's also not going to Real Madrid and he's also not going <laughs> to Barcelona and he's also like not going to Juventus, like it's just absolute nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. So I can't write anything on it because my boss will be like, "Your job isn't to tell us what is isn't happening; it's to tell us what is happening," um, which is absolutely correct. And yeah, that story is absolute nonsense. I can assure I can assure everyone that Daryl DK will be an Albion player on the first day of next season. Unless Q. Real Madrid do come in with a fifty million bid, and Albion like, yeah, yeah, but it's not going to happen. No, Daryl DK is not going to Besiktas. He's not Q. going to be reunited with Valerian Ishmael there. Cue all the stories, uh, all the stories on these uh, clickbait fan websites now. Daryl DK not going to Albion confirms Joe Massa. We well, is at Albion, mate. He'll not go into Besiktas. Yeah, sorry, he's a, he's a, <laughs> even I'm getting confused now. He's not going to Besiktas. 
Someone count. asked if you were going to have a Massey rant, so I'm going to class that little last that 30 seconds a as a Massey. That can be a Massey rant. For yeah, week. absolute um, nonsense. There you go. Hope that clears up about 12 questions we've got on our list from fans. Yeah. Um, just fine before we get on to questions, you've done a really good piece this morning, Joe. I knew this was coming down the line um, about, Albert, well, Ron Gawley has said, hasn't he, in, in the big sort of interviews he did with the press a few weeks ago that Albion are going to be casting their rod, like fishing rod into the the free agent pool this week uh sorry this summer um just with you know parachute payments are going to be cut you know the financial situation etc etc um and you've just picked out four of sort of four of the players that are going to be out of contract in the summer joe but there's uh, the ones you've picked out swift at Reading, joe rothwell at blackburn james Bree at luton and jed wallace um are all sort of very good championship players that have done well this season but uh, we were chatting about it before weren't we there are so many Decent championship players that are out of con that are coming to out of con. Just a couple more: Tom Lawrence, Nick Powell at Stoke. There are a lot of players out there that Albion can go and pick up for for a snip. Potentially pick up for a snip this summer. Yeah, yeah, um, there are. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you need to spend any money at all this summer, really. Um, when you look at the players who are out of contract, there's, there's some good players out of contract. Those four, yeah, they're a bit. They're a bit. Um, they're ambitious. They'd be ambitious. The, the, the interesting one, Swift. I've always had a bit of bee in my bonnet about Swift in terms of, I thought, he's been at Red in a long time. Yeah. And I sort of thought, if he's if he's going to go, why hasn't he gone? Like, uh, But then I looked at his stats this season and they're absolutely ridiculous. Um, for for, for the, a struggling side um, that he's played in, and let's be honest, they're... they're They've been right in the relegation mix all season, um, but he's done really, really well. He's got he's got something like what's he got 11, 11, 12, 13 assists, something like that. Thirteen, fourteen assists. He's, he's eleven goals or something from Central. I mean, he's a good player. He's a good player. Defensively, he's not great, and I think he, which is probably the reason why he hasn't, maybe one of the reasons why he hasn't got the move. But I tell you what, if Albion play three five two next season. And you've got some, you've got like three central defenders behind him, and have him pulling the strings in central midfield. I'd be well up for it. Um, he, I, 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 like I, I've convinced myself on him now. Like looking at all those players yesterday, he's the one I'd really want now. Um, I do. There's think a lot on there though, aren't there? Like even at, I mentioned off there, like for example, Robbie Brady did very well at Burnley. He's been at Bournemouth. He hasn't done an awful lot. He's only thirty. He. Albion will want to get players that are in a good age, probably, won't they? But there are some, if you want to drop a little bit of experience in there, there are even players like that who are coming up to, to being out of contract. I couldn't believe how many players who would yeah. be decent for Albion are out of contract. But but like you said, Joe, it's it's a case of Albion. When Probably when a lot of fans read that from Gourley, they would have thought, oh, there's not going to be any money to spend in the summer. But I, I, Albion fans, it's well worth going and having a look at the players who are out of contract. Because there are, you know, it'll probably ease your mind a little bit, for example. But one thing that that I thought as well, Joe, someone like Swift and a Rothwell, Albion, even though they're not going up this season, they're still going to be a big fish in the Championship pond next season. They're still going to have that pull, aren't they? So you can, you can see a lot of these players potentially, you know, can you well can you see a lot of these players players potentially favouring Albion when their contracts do run out? Yeah, absolutely. I think like the hot, the hot free agent last summer was Alex Moa, and Albion got him at the end of the day. Of course, there was that connection there with Valerian Ishmael, but I think they would have been well in the race anyway. The truth is, Albion pay 
more money than the vast majority of championship sides. Um, so you think, and it's, it's like Swift has been linked with the Premier League, but you just wonder if a club with genuine promotion ambitions in the championship is the logical next step. So I think Albion will be right in the, right in the mix if they do want John Swift. I think Rothwell, the same Rothwell's been linked with Rangers. Um, but just not got a lot of time for Scottish football, really. I think that'd be that'd be a shame. Um, not a fan of Scottish football, no, Joe. <laughs> I'm not, mate. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Scottish football at all, unfortunately. Bar Livingston and Jack Fitzwater and Nicky Devlin, but that's very much a personal thing. Um, yeah, not. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Rangers are a big club. Obviously, they could pay a lot of money. But yeah, I think Rothwell would be smashing signing as well. Um, but yeah, I think Albion are a massive, massive draw still. I think they're a massive draw um, in the championship. They always will be. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, look, that's what they're doing. That's what we know we're doing. Bruce has confirmed that they're scouring the free agents. They're we scou- need to get you on this football board. Oh mate, I'd be, I'd smash get it, you on that. If there's a question about this football board, we're gonna try. We're gonna put Joe Massey forward to be one of the members of it, sitting alongside Gourlay and Co. I think that's when you know you're in trouble. <laughs> you got me on it. <laughs> Yeah, but um, hopefully, hopefully, big Ron Gourley's listening to this. Get on, uh, get on, John Swift in the summer. Be good to see him in an, in an Albion shirt. Um, but if you haven't looked at that list or checked out Joe's piece on expressandstyle.com, do do have a look. It makes for an interesting read. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council, and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support, and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey, or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place. Or, alternatively, you can call 01902 553818. Being an adoptive parent can be challenging, but it also brings great rewards. If you're interested in finding out more, please contact Adoption at Heart today by visiting adoptionatheart.org.uk. Right, questions from Albion fans. We've got quite a lot. Quite a lot have already been answered, so if your question's not read out, that's probably why. Um, we've answered DK, we've answered Val and Besiktas. Um, we've got a question here from Monk05WBA, um, just about the goalkeeping department, really, um, which we have briefly touched on before. With Johnson almost certain to leave, um, do you think Button will be offered new terms? If so, um, who, if any, of Button, Palmer and Griffiths is most likely to be number one for next season? Or do you, do you expect us to go and out and get a new goalkeeper? So, the honest answer is, I just don't know. And I don't, I don't, I think we'd... <laughs> There's a couple of questions that might come up, I think. I had a brief look at them. And unfortunately, I think they're being asked just a little bit too early. Um, and I think this is potentially yeah. one of them. The issue with Palmer, Griffiths, but um, is one that's obviously going to have to be resolved and one where questions are going to have to be asked. Um, I've got to be honest, I don't think at this moment in time it's the top of anyone's list. I don't, I don't think... I think Ron Gourlay, Steve Bruce, I think they're going to keep battling until until they absolutely it's just absolutely mathematically uncertain really that they're going to give everything they can get in the playoffs and that is the focus I think trying to get this team near that top six and sort of 
is is the thing. I'm planning for next season, and they will have ideas. Of course, they will. But I don't know is the answer. The truth is, this goalkeeping situation needs a real sit down with Steve Bruce, maybe Ron Gourlay as well. Um, Just one caveat into that, Joe. One thing that we've mentioned that it will be mentioned in a couple of other questions is Alex Palmer. Now he was on the bench, I think, against Fulham. If I'm right in thinking. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we ever got to the bottom of that, why it was him on... Not yeah, David, David Button's, Button. I don't know if his wife, partner, girlfriend, but she had a baby. Oh, right, there we go. Um, so but, that's on, why. but on Palmer, you know, he's at that age now, I think he's 25 or 26. Is he Is he one where, you know, we don't really class him as a young goalkeeper anymore, do we? Um, is he one potentially you could see, not moving on, but... Is, I know Griffiths is very highly rated within Albion. Mm. Um, I know I was listening to Ben Foster's Fodscast the other day and he had, I think it was an episode from quite a while ago, had Boaz Miley, who's, who's, who's very much involved in the goalkeeping setup at West Brom and Neil Cutler was on it as well, Albion's former goalkeeping oh, right. coach. Um, and they were very, very complimentary about Josh Griffiths, in particular Boaz Miley, who basically said how much of a mature goalkeeper he was. Um, now I was at Shrewsbury against Lincoln on Saturday and I was looking forward to seeing Griffiths playing unfortunately he's got an injury till the end of the season well looks like his season's over but he's played he's had a full season in League 2 he's had a full season nearly in League 1 could we potentially see Griffiths as a I, I, it's hard to say isn't it really but so the thing with Griffiths where, where so I've told the issue with Griffiths well there isn't an issue with Griffiths but I was told I've said this before on a podcast that basically I was told a long time ago and I mean a very long time ago um, basically when I first started covering Albion which is a while ago now they got this keeper this was from someone in the club basically they've got this keeper and because there was a lot of noise around Alex Palmer at that time he was doing really well at Plymouth um, but Griffiths was very much the one they were excited about um, for a long time he's been seen as a real sort of future uh, he's been seen as a, definitely a player who could be one day be an Albion number one there's people who are very excited about um, Josh Griffiths and look he's, had, he has, he's, had, he's actually had an England under 21 call um, which isn't isn't quite the achievement of an outfield player because some random goalkeepers have got England under 21 calls over the years um, but he has but I mean it still shows that he's very, like there's talent there's real talent there and by all accounts he's done very well at Lincoln this season it's all very, very interesting, and it needs, and it, like I said, it, was like a, it needs a sit down. It needs a sit down with Bruce or Gourlay or whatever, and, and trying to really get to the bottom of what the situation is going to be. That what Alex Palmer is an intriguing one because he just hasn't played this season, which, and he hasn't really been on the bench, and that's disappointing if we're honest, because he was so good in League Two and he was so good in League One. And if you'd asked me a month ago. I'd have said that meant that perhaps he's a very good League One goalkeeper, which is absolutely like he'll have a very thoroughly good career. Like there's no shame in being a very good League One goalkeeper. He just might not be Albion level or Championship level or whatever. But the fact he then went on loan to Luton, who are now third in the table and did well for them by all accounts, would suggest that he's very much seen as a Championship goalkeeper elsewhere. And there's been sort of a few whispers that Luton brought him in on that loan spell, A, because they needed a keeper, and B, because they have one eye on next season as well. So, um, interesting, interesting. One about so he's just played, I think what you have to say with Alex Palmer is, he, he will be playing next season. I don't think he's going to sit on the bench for another year. 
or not even on the bench in the stand. So for that reason, I think it's unlikely he'll be at Albion. I don't know how you go from in the stands to number one in a summer. So I think it's unlikely, but 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 I don't know the answer, and I don't know the answer because he did so well in League Two and League One, and he went to Luton on loan and did well again. So there's definitely like he's definitely a very good goalkeeper. So it's it's sort of un, unsure really. Josh Griffiths. The question about Josh Griffiths is: Is he ready? So we need we need someone to answer that. Like he's gone to League One, done well. Albion is a massive step up from Lincoln. He's going to be, I'd imagine he'll be 20 next season, I'm not sure, but he'd be playing for a side, trying to get in the Premier League. A lot of pressure on them at 20 years old. But I said earlier that you want players playing at 18, 19, 20, but, and I stand by that in terms of outfield players, but goalkeepers do develop later, don't they? So these, so Alex Palmer being 25, that is quite old, I'd say. I think, but if you're pushing him to 22, 23, if, if Josh Griffiths was Albion number one at 23... He'd still be a very young number one. And that's three years away. So potentially, it's just, what is the answer? Do people believe he's ready to be number one next season? Or would they rather he was on the bench next season and maybe getting playing in the cup games for Albion as a season of development and obviously coming in the team if, if the number one got injured? I don't know. So many questions about these goalkeepers. David Button, again, is... Let's be honest, David Button is a decent championship goalie. He's not um, he's not amazing, but he's decent. And he probably is good he's good enough to be number one at probably a lot of championship clubs. He's he's only not played for us because Sam Johnson we've got Sam Johnston who yeah. is an England goalkeeper by by and large. He, he's so and what you gotta remember is keepers if you're a number two keeper, you're probably not gonna play. So Button staying, I don't think is beyond the realms of possibility. Because if we do say have Josh Griffiths as number one, let's say we think Josh Griffiths is ready. Alex Palmer leaves, we think Josh Griffiths is ready. Button will probably take a contract and sit on the bench and provide competition for him. And then if we've got a 20-year-old in goal who's great, but as a wobble, as young kids do, you've got David Button to come in at 30-31, a bit more of an experienced head. And he's probably not... Well, he wouldn't kick up a fuss. He's a, he seems a really nice guy. Um, so... I generally don't know who's going to be there next season. I think it's... I, I mean, we all know Johnson isn't going to be, but, but with the exception of Johnson, I don't know... I don't know what the answer is. I think there's... You can make a case for all of them, really. Um, we wouldn't... But, yeah, I don't know. Do you want Josh Griffiths to play still? Do you want him to go out on loan? If Alex Palmer wants to leave, if, if we don't think Alex Palmer's good enough to be number one, he has to leave. You might want Josh Griffiths to go out on loan. You definitely keep Button then. And then you might have to bring in a keeper to provide competition for him. So it needs a thorough sort of sit down, doesn't it? Yeah. To we need to get to the bottom of it. But I just don't think in March, when it's the playoffs, like, not really on the cards, but the, the, the official line from the club is always going to be, we're going to give it everything. Yeah. It's just not quite the time. It's just a little bit early, I'd say. Yeah. Interesting question from all Albion fans. Um, I was lucky enough to get to see the team train at the Hawthorne yesterday and ask Clark, uh, Matt Clark and Carl and Grant some questions. Grant seemed very reserved and quiet with Clark more confident. Um, and an interesting question coming from that. Which three current players have you found to be 
confident and which three more quiet and reserved. I guess that's probably aimed at interviews, Joe. Which which three current players are sort of more more confident in front of the, the camera slash dictaphone recorder than some of the others? That's an interesting question. Um, Callum Robinson's very confident, very, very, very relaxed. Do you try uh, and do one of his handshakes with you? Does what? Does he try and do one of his handshakes with no, you? No, I think he gives you a fist bump. <laughs> um, yeah, Callum, Callum's very relaxed. He's at ease doing it, which is nice to see. He, um, yeah, he'll, he, yeah, he just chats basically, which I think is the way it should be. But I think a lot, some players are very on edge and very worried about what they're going to say. Um, but Callum isn't. He's pretty chilled about it, which is good. Um, Connor Townsend's quite good. He's quite relaxed. Yeah, Professional, but talk, relaxed. He seems to talk well. Um, he talks well. I always say Adam Reach talks well. I do think Adam Reach talks well because I do say he's like the prefect of the score. He's just like, he's just a little bit, I, do, I like him. I do. I think. posh footballer. He's not, yeah, he's not posh, but he is a bit posh. He is posh for a football. I don't know. I hate saying that. I shouldn't, he, but I like, I really like him. I do. I really like him. Um, I think he always talks well. He talks very well, actually, Adam Reach. He does. He put, like, he puts some real thought into his answers, I think. Um, yeah, I'd say those, yeah. They, Moet's, quite, Moet's quite relaxed at talking. I mean, Livermore's always, Livermore's always good. Who are um, the reserved ones? Who are the ones that are less? Carlin's definitely reserved. Um, although I'd say he's he's warming up. He's um, yeah, he's he's. I think he's, yeah, he's reserved, but he's getting a bit getting a bit more chatting. Um, Matt Phillips is quite reserved. Um, he's quite and. Probably Carl Bartley's quite reserved as well. I'd say. Interesting. Interesting. Um, is good. Yeah, he he come across well on the the Albion, the West Brom podcast. He seems like someone who's who's got a bit about him. Um, but David good Button came across as like lovely. When I was, really? I only spoke to him once. He was like he came across as like the nicest man ever. Like he was just genuinely like nice. Um, you can add these to your list of, of players you keep an eye on when they leave. Yeah. Some of these players when they if they do depart Albion in the summer. Oh well, mate. Oh well. <laughs> uh, cheers for your question. Good question. Uh, Ruben Thompson. Hi guys. Uh, hello, Ruben. As we have fallen from fifth to twelfth since Bruce, do you think his job should be more under threat than it seemingly currently is? Players hold the majority of the blame, of course, but he is the one who's stuck with that midfield three for all those games. We've had a couple of questions about, do you see Bruce in charge um, after the summer? If Albion, you know, it's highly probable they're not going to get in the playoffs. Um, Who do you see? Well, not who do you see in charge next season, but but how do you see the situation playing out? Joe, we've had quite a few questions like this, haven't we, in recent weeks? Hmm. Um, How do you see the the situation? Again, this is a perfect example of why I feel it's a little bit too early to answer. But what I will say is, just to give it some some meat on the bones to people, is I truly believe that Steve Bruce wants to be Albion manager next season. And I truly believe Ron Gourlay wants Steve Bruce to be Albion manager next season. So I believe Steve Bruce will be Albion manager next season. Um, I genuinely think he's enjoying it. I genuinely think he feels really comfortable at the club. And in terms of like... When I say comfortable, I don't mean that in the way we've accused like the players of being overly comfortable. I think he feels like he's like. I just feel like he, I think he feels like respected maybe 
for want of a better word. Like, I think he likes the way Albion do things. I think he feels like it's quite professional. I think he's got a good relationship with Ron Gourlay. I think he's had a good relationship with Albion's fans since he's come in. I think he was he's going to be scarred by what happened at Newcastle. Um, any human would be. Um, and I think at Albion, Albion is a good medicine for him. Um based on what happened at Newcastle. So I think Bruce is very happy to stay. I think Ron Gourlay would like him to stay. I think it's a, a lot of people have asked this question and I completely understand why they've asked that question. The only reason why I think it's a slightly strange question is because there are eight games to go and everything... It doesn't matter who, which manager you are in this country. I don't know who said it, but one manager said in the past, you're never more than five games away from the sack. Something like that, four or five games from the sack. So if Albion wins seven of the last eight games, everyone's going to want Steve Bruce to stay. If Albion lose seven of the last eight games, everyone's going to want him to go. The problem with football is that's the same everywhere. If Marco Silva, <laughs> if Marco Silva loses eight games... With Fulham, as then fans will want him gone. Yeah. Um, eight games is such a substantial amount of time, um, and what we know is Steve Bruce will be there for those eight games. He signed an eighteen-month deal at the end of the day. He's expected to be there next season, so he's going to be judged on however many games he's had. Over it, that's about eight, isn't it? I don't know, but he's going to be judged on that that those batch of games. So I think. To ask at this moment in time, it's a bit, it's, again, it's a little bit early, but I do understand the question. At the end of the day, Sam Allardyce came in on an 18-month deal and he was gone at the end of the season. I've been, I've been in this position before in, in, in their recent, very recent history. Um, so it's completely understandable, but I am right in what I say. If Bruce was to get us into the playoffs, which is a big ask, obviously, and we don't think it's going to happen, but let's say he does... Everyone's going to want to keep him. If if Bruce got us to within two points in the playoffs and we finish seventh, probably everyone's going to want him to stay. So there's going to be a massive swing. Things can change, can't Things they? Things are going to change so quickly, and and they're just yeah. they just people just won't be making those decisions. Like I don't think, but what you, what I do believe is, and I I'm almost convinced is that Bruce wants to be army manager next season, and Gourlay wants Bruce to be manager next season. So for that reason. I think he will be, personally. Um, yeah. I think he'll stay. But he's a manager like every other manager, and every other manager's under pressure to get results. So if he, if he doesn't get results in the last eight games, he's under pressure. Of course he is. But that literally goes for everyone. Um, he's no different to anyone else in that respect. So, yeah, again, it's another... It's a, it's a, I suppose we're all getting a bit like... we all in our heads. We all think the season's over, don't we? Yeah, like I think we all that's think, probably it. So, so we're all asking so questions, questions as if the season is over. Um but like the truth is, unfortunately, it isn't. Um, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. So Yeah, we're in a bit of um limbo really, unless suddenly Albion managed to go <laughs> on a run and give us one last Hurrah. faint bit of hope. Yeah. Uh, a couple more questions just before we touch on uh, on Birmingham. Um, any update on Gourley's plan for the football board? Now, are we likely to see anyone on it with strong Albion connections? Um, the guy, Steve Knievels, has asked the question, i.e. Brendan Batson, and then he said Paul Sharner. 
Um, it's just a, a bit of a random one. But is that something that we've heard at all, Joe? Is, have they said what type of person may be added to this football board or is it going to be internal? Um, the one that we've done stories before saying so they want a head of football operations, which is basically similar to a technical director, but with less power, basically. It's, it's a slightly watered down technical director. Um so we want that person. I don't. I think after that, that will be it. the The point though is a very, very good one. And I don't know. I don't think I've said this on the podcast before, but I, I've kind of wanted to. I think they're missing. I think all clubs basically are missing a trick um, with former players in terms of if you're going to have a football board. I'm biased, and I'm not just so the the, the names I'm going to say. I'm biased, okay? But if it was me, I'd have Bomber Brown, <laughs> Ali Robb. Obviously, I'm really biased for those two. Ali Robb's the columnist for the Express and Star, and Bomber Brown, I see him every week in the press, <laughs> and he is just the nicest man ever. He is the nicest man ever. Um, and I'd have someone like... I'd try and find someone like Gareth McCauley, someone like that. Um, and I'd probably pay him, like, a grand a month. Like nothing, like because they, they wouldn't want money really. You do it as like a retainer, but you give them as like a, an actual official job, and all they'd be um, is a consultant. Because the reason what I'm saying is, I'll tell you why I came up with this idea. I won't say who it was, but it, this was a long time ago. But I was talking to Bomber in the press in the press box once about signings and stuff, and he told me a story about a player Albion signed, and he knew someone who knew the player. And that person rung him and was like, I can't believe you're signing this guy. And the player turned out to be a flop. And I was like, how easy would it have been for Albion to have found out that information? Bomber's literally there every week. He's literally there. And he Hmm. knew that. Yet Albion didn't. Drop a name, come on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't want to get Bomber in it. It's like, it was an off-the-record conversation. But I was just thinking, like... It's interesting, though, isn't it? You've got... He's got... Obviously, he's got, he's got knowledge, but what he's got is contacts. You see, I mean, you're with me. Like, we go everywhere we go. Like, I mean, we went to um, Bristol City last week. A guy came up to me from Hospital Radio. It works in Bristol. He came up to me. Is that, is that Bomber Brown? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I can't believe it. Oh, I'd love to talk to him. I was like, mate, I'll just take you over. He's the nicest guy in the world. Like, he won't, he'll love to talk to you about... He was like, oh, I remember this game you played. And I was like, just go over and talk to him. So I went and took him over and that was it. And they were chatting for the next 20 minutes because everyone loves Bomber Brown and everyone loves Ollie Robb. And mate, like, you need, obviously, you need, like, younger players and that. We can't, like... Um, but, like, I just wonder, like... I've just won tapping. They've got contacts. As the truth is, they've got contacts. And football's quite a small community. And the chances are, Bomber or Ali or certainly someone like Gareth McCauley will know someone who knows someone. And eventually, you like you you get there. I think. And I just think. I mean, look, it's only one more opinion. But I was like, it's a real shame, really, that that sort of knowledge isn't tapped into. Um. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, how many people can you have on a committee? Not, not you can't have um, like hundreds. Um, mm. But I think for people like Bomber Brown, you make you make an exception. Um, and if you had someone like um, 
Yeah, only Rob what? Because you got what you what I'm saying is you need to know the age is, is a factor, but it isn't a factor really because he knows coaches and managers and stuff and who were in the game and they hear it's like you actually would need a broad spectrum of ages, I think. Um, yeah. And you just like them. They don't have to be on the board, but they could be like a little think tank, like a little just just basically like you ring him and say we're going to sign this player. Have you got any knowledge about them, or do you know anyone who might? And nine times out of ten, they might say no. Which is fine, but they might, and every now and again they might say, "Yeah, oh, actually, he was at Portsmouth, and yeah, my whoever was at Portsmouth, and oh, I'll give him a ring." And it's just like I don't know. I was like, mm, "Interesting," yeah, especially as he's so. there. Do you know what I mean? They are literally yeah. there. You don't have to yeah, go anywhere. You don't have to leave the Hawthorns no. to ask their opinion. They are literally there. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was interesting, anyway, but. Once they uh, they all get announced next week, we know where the idea will have come from anyway, don't we, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah, claim yeah. that one. You can claim yeah. that one. Um, we've got loads of other questions, but we've just ticked over an hour. So uh, thank you very much for your, your questions, Baggies fans, um, as always. Just a uh, couple of other points. I actually I put a tweet out before. Um, it was one thing. I saw Albion, had, had, or the official Albion account, had put something out about the derby this weekend, Birmingham against West Brom, and a few fans say it's not a derby, it's not a real derby. So I just put a tweet out, just seeing um, what Albion fans thought, whether it, it is classed as a derby. Um, overwhelmingly, a lot of fans have said it's a rivalry, but not really a derby, if that makes yeah. any sense. What do you think, Joe? Do you, do you, have you ever seen it as a, as a rival? Personally, I've never really... Geographically, yeah, they're down the road, aren't they? But I've never really seen it as the standout... Well, not the standout, but seen it as a derby. What, what, what's your sort it's of take on it? It's not a standout from... derby, no. is it? But in my head, it is a derby. Yeah. I would say what Albion have got with Stoke is a rivalry. Yeah, someone said that. Someone said they've got more hatred for Stoke than Birmingham. <laughs> like I always, I don't. I think it's because I knew Stoke fans. I had a dislike for Stoke for a while because they always used to beat Albion as well for years. Um, but yeah, it's a rivalry considering how close we are. This is one Albion fan. Um, and the fact we don't like each other, but not a derby. And a lot of fans have said Birmingham and West Brom fans have got no problems with each other apart from the, on the day where they just abuse each other inside the ground. Yeah, um, that goes for everyone, doesn't it? That goes for, yeah, well, yeah, of course it does. But yeah, overwhelmingly, it is a rivalry, but not a derby, apparently, according to uh, a lot of Albion fans. Um, but finally, we'll just come on to Birmingham. Um, back to action this weekend at St Andrews. Obviously moved to a Sunday. Uh, not for TV, Albion fans will be happy to know. It's been moved because of the Villa Wolves derby, in quote marks, on Saturday um, to not have the two games at the same time, um, from a police point of view, we believe. Um, the game itself, Blues are, four, I think they're 14 points off the drop zone, basically safe. Um, Albion are in a position now where no one's expecting them to do anything, Joe, and the pressure's not on, so we can expect an Albion, an Albion win, probably, can't we, when the pressure's off. Well, is the pressure off? That's the question. I think from I think this is the last chance to lean. Genuinely, yeah. I think if 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 um everyone is it's a long shot to get in the playoffs. But if Albion don't win on Sunday, then it really is over. Surely, um, I think everyone will have to concede that then. Um, so maybe the pressure is on. It's a derby. They need. To, well, is it a derby? A rivalry? Whatever. Um, yeah, it's going to be. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It helps that we've had an international break and. We haven't played in ages. Um, but yeah, they've got some good players. They've got one of my favourite players, favourite opposition players. He's not someone I follow his career, um, as I was talking about earlier, but he is someone who I've always 
really, really liked, and that is Lyle Taylor. Um, I watched him twice beat Walsall on his own. And when I say he beat them on his own, he beat them on his own. Walsall were 2-0 up in one game, and he just completely, at half-time, they were 2-0 up at half, and he completely came out and ripped them apart. And they won 3-2 Wimbledon. And he was... For them, he was like Steven Gerrard was for Liverpool for a spell. He was, he really was that influential for them. Um, I think he's an absolute smashing player. Didn't quite work out for him at Nottingham Forest, which is really interesting. But he's got three goals in eight games for Blues, which I think was almost 50%. Isn't it? So I think that's a very good return. I'd have signed him a couple of years ago if I was Albion. Um, but obviously he didn't. He's 32 now. He's getting a bit on. But... I like him. Good player. Got it all. Got it all for me in terms of, yeah, I just think he's great. Um, got Troy Deeney out there as well, haven't they? Doesn't play that often, yeah. but obviously, oh, wait, in, if it, is it a derby? Isn't it a derby? But he seems to love a derby, doesn't he? He loves scoring against Villa, that's for sure. Jordan Graham can cross the ball. George Friend runs runs his socks off. I like Sunjic. Decent player. Um I like Bowyer, if I'm honest. Like, uh, um, I'm not sure where his ceiling is. I don't think I'd be putting him in the hat to be an Albion manager just quite yet. But I like him. Um, I think he's tactically quite astute. Changes things up. Did a job on Albion a couple of years ago when he was Charlton manager. Played an absolutely bizarre sort of three-five-two diamond formation and outfoxed us that day. Um, really like the goalie Neil Etheridge and in from Walsall. Um, Ryan Woods, good player. They've got good players. Um, got some good players. So, um, yeah, on paper, they've got a good side. They, they are safe. It's going to be a real test, I think. Will Albion win it? I'm not sure. On paper, as we always say, they probably should. But on paper, they've not, on the pitch, they've not done it a lot. So, yeah, maybe I probably, if my, my head says win, my head says draw my heart says win but yeah i think it's going to be a real real tough like closely fought game i do do you do you expect many changes from bristol city no i don't know if i expect any really in terms of i think daro is pushing but yeah i think he's been away with the republic of ireland so he's probably I don't know when Albion are off this week, but I mean, he's probably going to only train Thursday, Friday, maybe. Um, so he won't have a lot of time. Um, I don't think Carroll will come in. I think Carroll, as much as he'll want to play, I think Bruce will stick with the Robinson Grant partnership based on what they've done in the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't think there'll be any changes in the middle. No, I don't. Personally, I don't. What do you think? Um,. I wouldn't have thought so from what we from what he's got at his disposal. I'd imagine it'll be just the same that we saw at Bristol City, hopefully in performance wise in the first period it's it's not. Hopefully we see an intensity that they showed against Fulham. If you know, if they show that intensity against anyone in the run in, you'd like to say that they can win the game. Um if they can do that to Fulham, but just remains to be seen. I don't think you can predict anything with this Albion team anymore, can you? Um, <laughs> no, I agree. No. So there we go. Well, with this is, we went into it 
with no game to talk about, and it's been our longest podcast that we've recorded together yet, Joe. So we we've managed can to absolutely it, ramble on, can't we? And hopefully, it's been interesting because we've spoke about a few different topics. So thank you very much for listening um, to the latest episode of the Baggies Broadcast. Now, those of you who listened last week will know that I tried to finish on a real positive note, and I just kept getting shot down by Joe. I kept trying to say the international break might be good for Bruce to try and get the something out of his Albion side, and he was just like, "Fair play, trying to be positive." but there's nothing positive to talk about. So I'm just going to end the podcast like this this week. Baggies fans, have a great rest of your week. <laughs> um, enjoy For those who are going to Blues, enjoy your trip. Let's hope for three points. Uh, until next time, it's goodbye for me and it's goodbye from Joe. It's a shame because I'm a bit more positive now, but goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>